Welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Jim Jung from Peninsula City Church in Victoria. Welcome to History Makers. Thanks very much, Matt. It's great to be here with you. Now, Jim, um, with a surname like Jung, some people would think you may have an Asian background. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your family background? Better do that because whenever I travel into Asia and before I arrive, they're expecting this uh, four foot two midget to turn up. I'm actually a six foot four Caucasian and uh, my dad is from Germany. So the surname probably correctly said is Jung, but Jung is what I live with because that's what we say. So uh, I come from European stock. And uh, so, yeah, that's who I am. All right, Jim. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Now, I've been excited to hear uh, the story of the massive growth of your church down in Victoria. Um, But let's just take a step back before we get into that. Can you tell us a little bit about how you became a Christian? My mum was a person who uh, was searching for God. As uh, young children, we were brought up in church. We were a Catholic family. And uh, I uh, had one aspiration in life, and that was to become an altar boy in the church and achieved that when I was 10 years old. And and from there, uh, uh, my mum then had a nervous breakdown. And from that, a couple of neighbours began to witness to her and took us along to a church where they were talking about healing and they were talking about how God could move within their life. And so we began attending as a family and probably over a period of time, I found myself responding to the gospel frequently. I was one of those kids that was putting up their hands every time the evangelist would come into town and And uh, I really thank God that the pastors of the church accepted me every time I came. I'm sure revival hit their church whenever I was around because I was probably one of those statistics every week. And I, uh, I suppose for me it was a gradual accepting of Christ and understanding that He'd saved me once and for all. I didn't need to continue to do that. And and probably at the age of thirteen, fourteen. Um, I made a serious decision about Christ and decided to follow after him and from that been very involved in church ever since. Now, you also um, went on to have quite a successful career. Um, You worked as a motor mechanic. Tell us about where things went from there. Sure. Um, Started life, uh, 16-year-old motor mechanic, did my apprenticeship four years and uh, after completing that, I perhaps began to see that management training was the area that I was good at. And so luckily for me, other people saw the same and they began to direct me into leadership training. So the secular world paid for a lot of my leadership training, which was great. And uh, I found myself working in jobs that I knew nothing about. One day I turned up at a place and was uh, promoted to the role of marketing manager. And the boss said to me, do you know what that is? And I said, I have absolutely no idea. And he said, well, we'll send you to school to learn and we'll pay you at the same time. And so I suppose for me there was a gift on my life of leadership and leading people, creating environments that were successful. Um, It was really from there that the church came along and said, I think we need some of your skills uh, within our environment. And I accepted a challenge back in 1998 to do that. And how did the change go from uh, the corporate world to the church world? <laughs> oh, gee, it was uh, a big change, a big change. Uh, the corporate world perhaps teaches you to be aggressive in different ways and uh, teaches you uh, great stickability and also gives you tremendous skills in how to um, sort out situations, fight through situations, uh, deal with different types of personalities. When I came and worked for the church, there was a 
an area of my life that I realised was under-exercised, and that was the whole area of the emotional. Because all of a sudden you're dealing now with not just dealing with problems or issues that were things that you could walk away from from an office, but you were actually now dealing with real people's lives, real people's scenarios that didn't just stop at 5 o'clock at night, but they continued on 24-7. You were walking now with a family or an individual. And I found myself extremely drained the first couple of years trying to work through just the emotional strength that I required that uh, perhaps as a working male was underdeveloped. And uh, it caused me great stress in the first couple of years trying to work out why I was feeling so drained and so tired, yet the actual physical work wasn't as much. But the emotional side of things, the the inner turmoil of, of dealing with people's real deep-seated issues didn't just end at the end of the day. There were things you took home and prayed about. There were things you took home and, and wrestled with because now you were helping a person, not just helping a situation. And so the transition for me was a difficult one in the first few years. You're listening to History Makers, and today we're speaking to Pastor Jim Jung from Peninsula City Church in Victoria. Now, Jim, uh, one of the awesome things that's happened at your church is you basically doubled in numbers in the last few years, mm. uh, going from 400 to 800, uh, and one of the catalysts for change has been the Alpha Course. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why, you're, why it's changed your church so much? Sure. Well, I suppose for us, we began to realise that we were a fairly insular church. We were looking at ourselves, we were dealing with ourselves, everything that we were doing, uh, the money we were spending was very much about looking after us. And so we decided we needed a cultural shift, and that cultural shift was too difficult for us to do ourselves by ourselves. And and so uh, we uh, imported the Alpha Course, and we did that less about reaching out to those that didn't know Christ. We used it initially to help train us how to converse to those that uh, perhaps were seeking God, and we wanted to discover how we could change our own culture. So we used the Alpha Course as a cultural change agent, and so all of our leaders, pastors, elders uh, needed to go through the Alpha Course, and and uh, uh, Matt, we set up a, a swear box, I have to tell you, we set up a swear box, and as we set up this box in Alpha, we decided that if we were going to be relevant and connect to the community around us, um, there could be no Christianese. Uh, for those of people out there today that understand what I mean. There's a lot of Christian jargon in church. And we decided that uh, that jargon was something that isolated the church from the people we were trying to reach, our neighbours and our friends. And if they were to come into our church environment, they perhaps would see a slightly different communication style to what they were encountering, even from us, outside of the room on Monday. And so the swear box was really a setup that helped us train our leaders that if we said any Christian jargon, in needed to go a dollar. And and I've got to tell you, we made a lot of money. (laughs) We actually raised some funds that helped us pay for some missionaries. But overall, I felt that what it did for us was made us more sensitive to the people that we're meant to be reaching. And they're our local community. uh, we're, We're part of the community and we need to learn how to communicate to them and so the Alpha Course really helped us do that uh, from a cultural perspective. And you've seen over 300 people um, become Christians basically through the Alpha Course in yeah, your church. Yeah, that's right. Uh, without, you know, thinking, uh, I don't have those statistics in front of me, but, but you know, it could even be more than that. That we've, we've seen hundreds of people come through Alpha. Uh, we know that, uh, uh, 
the confidence levels that we've been able to see from Alpha for us has been when a person brings along their brother or their mother or their uncle, or even more so one of their workmates, that shows to us real confidence because all of a sudden a person's bringing someone to something that they think, this is not going to freak out one of my friends. This is not going to be something that they're going to now not talk to me after today. So the environment and the culture that we created was then more conducive to that that connecting to our friends. It was compatible with the language we were speaking on Mondays at work with them. And so uh, we've seen tremendous growth through a dedicated team of people who love Alpha. And uh, thanks to them, we've, we've baptized hundreds of people. We've seen extra hundreds just attend and connect to our church. And uh, so Alpha was first used by us as a cultural change agent. Uh, God has used it to actually change us, but then he's also used it to help us connect in relevant ways to the community around us. Now, there may be people listening that don't even know what an Alpha course is. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about the course? Sure. Alpha is basically a 10-week course that talks about the basics of Christianity. What is Christianity? Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus come? Um, is the Bible true? Can I actually believe that the Bible is real? Um, what about healing? How about prayer? What do I do with those things in my postmodern world, in the world where I feel that perhaps Christianity is irrelevant and disconnected to today life? And we talk about those particular topics. And the beauty about Alpha is um, we want to encourage conversation. We want to encourage people to uh, question and even wrestle with some of those issues. And so the beauty of Alpha is we break up into some small groups after a presentation. And then there are conversations that take place. And we make sure in our setting that we make it very clear there are no dumb questions. You can ask anything you want. We may not have the answers, which is also a really important thing to put across because I think there are some things that we just don't have the answers. But we can point towards perhaps the Christian worldview that does have the answers contained within that. So our job is not to convince people about Christianity. It's really to take them on a journey so they can discover for themselves and analyse from the detail they've been given whether they, whether they want to accept Christian perspectives or not. And from that, we've found the majority of people who stick out the length of the course uh, come to a place where they're clearly able to make a decision. And for us, we've had a, a fairly large group of people come to the end of that time and say, uh, I am ready to make a decision about Christ. I'm ready to make some decisions about the rest of my life with regards to Christ. And and I think that that for us has been a huge success. Now, Jim... Uh, there may be people listening now that are thinking, you know, I'm interested in making that decision. I uh, have been thinking about Jesus, about God. I don't know what to do about it. Would you speak to those listeners now? How how would you suggest they connect with God? Do you know, um, for me, many people out there have some sort of religious background, but I can't even assume that if you're listening today and You've never had any religious background. You've never had a connecting thing that's been positive or even negative about uh, faith. I would suggest to you that um, one of the greatest things that you can be doing is 
already beginning to question in your mind, what, what is the universe? What, what are the things that I see around me? Can I begin to even wonder who put all of this together? What is the purpose of life? Is there really more to life than this? Is this all there is? And I think if you seriously begin to question, is there more to life than this? You begin to come to a place where you're looking for something greater than what human beings can portray. The ultimate being that's out there that many people talk about is the God that I know, is, is the Christ that came to this earth that I know. And if you're out there today and you're, you've been wrestling with, you know, is God real? Is he really out there? I would even challenge you to um, uh, throw up, as it were, a, a simple prayer that just says, God, if you're there, reveal yourself to me. A friend of mine who uh, was a um, Australian champion bull rider, in the middle of his bull riding career, he uh, one day after a fairly rough day decided he'd ask this God that might or might not be real three things. If you're real, you'll do these three things for me. And by the end of the day, those three things had actually come to pass. And he said, I couldn't doubt because I'd almost thrown out there and tempted God to prove himself. And he did. And so maybe today, if you're out there and wondering, is this God real? Does he really care? Uh, he does. He does care. And I would, I would ask you to perhaps to reach out to this unseen God and call out to him and say, well, if you're really there, uh, I need to speak with you. And he's going to do that in ways that might astound you. You're listening to History Makers, and today we're speaking to Pastor Jim Jung from Peninsula City Church in Victoria. Now, uh, Jim, the other thing that I'm interested uh, in with your church is you've got uh, motor mechanic ministry. Mm. You, you offer free servicing. Is that right? Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think we're unique. I think there's a lot of churches out there that do this, but if we're wanting to reach our communities, then... Each and every single person within our churches, every Christian, is a missionary. Um, I want to validate that today in every person that's listening. If you're a Christian, um, your role is as a missionary in your workplace, in your world, in the place where you are. And so some of the skills that I've had in my background, being a motor mechanic in my past, meant that I discovered that I could use that skill to actually enhance and connect to the community that are around me. Our community in our area has a lot of single mums and the single mums are actually fine that they get ripped off by a mechanic. They might get overcharged or there are things that are being replaced that they really don't understand and they're costing you know, lots of money. And I'm not always suggesting there's unscrupulous uh, deals going on out there, but often it's just people don't know, they don't understand. And so we decided that we would gather together within our church all the known motor mechanics and mechanical people which included some women, which was fantastic. And we then said we will service single mums' cars from outside of the church. We didn't want anyone in the church. We would gladly pay for someone's car to be serviced in the church. Outside of the church, people don't expect something for nothing. They expect that there's going to be some sort of hook. So we decided, no, we'll service their vehicles, uh, no hook. So we wouldn't give them an alpha brochure. We wouldn't actually give them anything that said, you know, here's an obligation back to us. And uh, so far we've had local council, we've had the police, we've had all sorts of people donate goods to us to help us service these single mums' cars and some single dads' cars as well. And uh, so far over the last five years we've serviced several hundred vehicles, maybe three or 400 vehicles, uh, and generally they've... Uh, 
really gone well. And it's been a wonderful ministry. We've now actually seen single mums come to Christ just because we've serviced their vehicle. And it's been a wonderful way for us to use our skills. Mm. I love um, the whole philosophy behind that. And uh, one thing you've implemented at your church is this journaling daily devotions principle where everyone reads their word every day, reads through the Bible in a year. Do you want to tell us how that's impacted your church? Sure. We, um, we actually, like all churches, are looking for growth strategies. Mm-hmm. Well, how can we grow? What do we actually need to grow? And it came to be so simple that the Bible is our instruction manual. And often when you tell people that, they look with this glazed look over their eyes and because they're expecting some new strategy, some new program that they can plug in and say, this is just the new thing, this is brand new. But we've really discovered it is getting back to the Bible, getting back to the gospel getting back to the Bible and reading through it systematically, allowing our divine mentors to speak to us and uh, speak into our lives and speak into our hearts on a daily basis. And so as a church, we've cast this across our entire church and our leadership do this every day. We, uh, we ensure we do this as a staff every week and we're encouraging from young children right through to the elderly to really be people that are uh, getting into the Word every single day And as they're getting into the Word, they're doing SOAP devotions. SOAP standing for a scripture. And uh, write down the scripture of the day. We're looking for one verse, just one verse out of all of the chapters perhaps that we're reading. Uh, Then write an observation. What is that verse actually saying to me? What, What is it actually saying? And then I'm looking for an application. Now, that application is probably one of the most important things that I'll write today. That application is really saying to me, how do I take the principle of what I've discovered that that scripture and that observation have meant to me and how do I take it out of the room and apply it to my life today. Uh, And I've discovered that the Holy Spirit actually is pre-warning me of things that are going to happen in the next few days as I'm reading through the scripture. Many people talk about prophetic and they talk about how does God speak to us today. I think he speaks to us the same as he always has. It's through his word through that inspiration of the word that the Bible talks about, those inspired words continue to inspire. And so as I go through my day, I'm actually discovering that maybe yesterday or the day before, I'm now beginning to utilize some of the application that I've written from a scripture that's been inspired into my spirit from the Bible. And then I write a prayer, and my prayer is just a simple, basic, Lord Jesus, help me carry this out today and thank you for what you've done through the power of your word. So soap devotions for us have been an amazing inclusion in what we would see as not only growing the church larger, but growing us as individuals larger and our capacity increasing to hear from God. Well, I'm glad to hear you're using soap. Good. That's great. Yes. Well, Jim, I reckon you're a history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Matt. <laughs> now, if anyone would like uh, to have a look at uh, your website, sure, go to our it. website is www.pencc.org. That's P-E-N-C-C.org. And that's for Peninsula City Church. That's it. We're Peninsula City Church in Frankston down in Victoria. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. History Makers.